When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Hello all, we are here. Uh, Full disclosure, I called Jamie before the show and I said, I don't feel like doing this. And Jamie said he felt like he was going to vomit. And we talked we almost didn't do this show just because how bad that was and how we have to come on here and make you guys feel better. But Jamie said it'd be chicken shit if we didn't come on and he's right. So we're here no matter how bad the loss was a 27 point deficit, third biggest deficit in playoff history, come back from behind win by the Jags in Jacksonville. Um, So let's, so I've got I've got a Jameson and Coke, so I'm sure this will be fun uh, as this goes on. But let's let's just uh, where where do you want to begin? Because I feel like there's a lot of key contributors that help to this kind of downfall <coughs> for this game. Um, I don't even know where to start. To be honest with you, um, yeah. I think I think you kind of have to start with guys losing their composure on the field. Um, And I think, I think the defensive performance in the first half kind of hid the fact that the offense wasn't really moving the ball all that well. And we were, we were texting back and forth about it Um, during the game. I told you that I, I really wanted to see them score a touchdown without getting a short field because I felt like the offense wasn't doing anything. Um, and I thought Herbert was out of sorts and not that he necessarily lost his composure, but I didn't think he played particularly well at all this week in this game. Um, he made some throws, took advantage of some short fields, but he was not, he was a non-factor in the second half. He did not play well. Um, just was very out of sorts to me. Then you've got Joey Bosa losing his temper on the field. Um, now let me just say this. I think the first, the first unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, conduct penalty on Joey to me 
was bullshit because Joey said his piece. He got held. He said his piece. He walked by the official. The official then chased him down and got in his face and baited him into continue talking. It was already over. Yeah. And the official chased him down and baited him into throwing throwing or baited him into talking more and then threw the flag. It was very Angel Hernandez esque. Yes. He was looking for a fight. Yep. He was looking for a fight. Now, meanwhile, you've got the Jaguars literally complaining on every play. Complaint they're they're looking for pass interference on every play. Mm -hmm. They're looking for holding on every play. If something doesn't go their way, they're whining. But you don't see um you don't see officials losing their temper on them. But Joey gets held, he gets mugged, the guy's in a freaking headlock, and and they call a an unsportsmanlike conduct on him um after the official baits him into it. Mm -hmm. And then you come down to the second unsportsmanlike conduct where there's clearly a false start. I mean, he's off the ball a full second early. The fact that Terry McCauley tried to spin that as him being off at the same time of the ball is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. He's a full, he's two yards into the backfield before the ball gets snapped. That is a false start. And you add to that, the fact that he again has a full, he's got a, a handful of jer Jersey on the outside and he's got Joey in a headlock on the inside and there's no flag and they score a touchdown on the play. I understand Joey's upset mm -hmm. and he has every right to be upset, but he, what he can't throw his temper. He can't lose his temper on the field like that. You can't lose your composure period. Yeah. And there, and that was compounding issues because he threw his helmet on the field. Staley picked it up, handed it to him and said, get back on the sideline. He then proceeded to slam it again for a second time, just in case the refs didn't catch it. So I don't even know if they caught the first one, but either way, he did it enough to make a point that he was going to get the penalty or not. It was stupid. Yeah, it was dumb. I mean, look, he got held. It was obviously a false start. They were getting hosed on some calls down the stretch. No doubt about it. It was absolutely brutal. But you cannot lose your composure on the field. If you want to throw a temper tantrum, I get it. Do it on the bench. Go on the bench. That's yeah. what the bench is there for. Go on the bench. Go on the tunnel. Whatever you got to do, throw your, temp throw your temper tantrum. But you cannot do it on the field. You just can't. Nope. And that's a big problem. You can't have one of your highest paid players, one of your stars, a guy who's supposed to be one of your leaders doing that. Mm -hmm. You just can't. No. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to put it. And then you've got other little, <clears throat> the, the false start or the offsides call on Joey, um, mm -hmm. which was garbage that extended a drive after a sack. Yep. Just brutal. Uh, I mean, we've said it before. The officials target him. There is no doubt the officials target Joey Bosa. They target him for false starts. They target him for roughing the passer calls. Now they're going to start targeting him for um, for unsportsmanlike conduct. It, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. And they've got to get him under control on the sideline. And then you've got compounding issues there. Murray taking out Michael Davis, which completely <laughs> changes the entire um, structure of the 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 defensive scheme, because mm -hmm. now you can't play press man like you want to. Um, and now they have to back off, and now they're letting the Jaguars play their game. You know, they come out up twenty-seven to seven to start the third quarter, and they're immediately giving eight-yard cushions. Jaguars are completing five-yard passes and picking up an extra five yards. Um. Bad. That was just bad all around. They, the coaches did not do a good job in the second half. I, oh. I like I said, I don't even know what to say. I'm talking in circles now. I'm, yeah, I'm so no. pissed off and disgusted. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Yeah, no, I mean, you're you're touching on a lot of the stuff that happened, but I mean, the the thing that we said, that a lot of things that we talked about in the preview ended up coming into fruition about how the Chargers were able to really get to Lawrence early, how they were able to target Everett on these linebackers. But one of the things we said, well, I mean, I, I mentioned was like, it's going to be mostly about game plan because these, these two teams were pretty equal across the board in that they've got quarterbacks that could put up points in a hurry. They've got defenses that can cause problems. Both of them do. And then of course it was the tale of two halves. They went 27 to seven going into halftime, um, which even that touchdown before halftime dropping back and letting that seven go, you know, that's, that's in the rear view right now. But, then in the second half, Doug Peterson absolutely 
put Brandon Staley in his pocket that second half. Staley could not get anything going defensively. I know having Michael Davis injured was a big part of that. Uh, but quite honestly, I mean, Doug Peterson just outcoached Brandon Staley. He did in the first matchup, and Staley had him dead to rights in that first half. And any good coach would step on the gas and step on a team's throat like you saw the 49ers do earlier today. Um, when that game got close, they took off and then never let up. But And that's why Shanahan's a good coach and Staley just hasn't proven to be a good coach. I mean, it, it was the best half of Staley's life. And then, uh, sadly, the historic day from Asante Samuel Jr. gets negated by this just terrible second half game plan. Herbert did not look good much at all today. Uh, they could not get anything going in the second half. Um, I, you know, there was just, there were so many little issues, but I think it all started when they had a third in inches and they ran that spread sweep to, to Michael Bandy who fumbles it. Didn't see it coming. They have to punt it. They're deep in their, their territory. They have to punt it. It then is a short punt from J.K. Scott, which I don't know what happened to him today, but he did not have a good day at all punting. Uh, short punt, and then they get a short field. They score a touchdown before halftime. That's kind of when the tide started to turn for me. Once they started to get cute, when they could have kept driving, held maybe even scored points before the half, kept it at zero, I mean, that that was big. Then you then the uh, there was a, a missed throw by Herbert. There were a couple missed throws by Herbert, by the way, today. One of them, two of them were to uh, Keenan Allen, by the way. One of them hit Arden Key in the helmet. The other one, he had Keenan Allen wide open in the end zone, overthrew it, sailed on him. But then later on, early in that third quarter, he had Eckler wide open on a screen on third down and threw it over his head. It would have been third down and more. He misses it. Then you've got the Joey Bosa offsides, which I I, I still didn't see it uh, in any angle that they showed us on the replay. And then, of course, it, for, it was – after a sack, which would have been a, a long field goal, turns into a touchdown. Then we get a you know a blown coverage on Marvin Jones, and it just all it snowballed. But what really it the big thing that everybody's going to point to is this penalty by Joey Bosa. If he doesn't slam his helmet into the ground on the field and get an unsportsmanlike conduct and give them a one yard to go situation on a two point conversion where they end up going for it, getting it. And that gave them the chance to win it uh, at the end of the game there. It would be a tie game, you know, Dicker missed a kick, but really it's going to come down to Bosa. And he had been out all season. He had been geared up to play and to end his season and the charger season like that mm -hmm. is just ugly. And it is childish the way he acted. And I don't, I, you know, I, he's got a long, long off season and he's got to look in the mirror because he is a leader. He is supposed to be a captain of this defense and the way he acted quite honestly, in a lot of people's eyes, he cost the chargers the game. I think there was a lot of things that happened to do that. But quite, when you look at it, if Joey Bosa doesn't slam his helmet, you're looking at a tied game going into overtime. Yeah. I, you mentioned the jet sweep on, on third and inches and that was a terrible call. It looked like Herbert checked into that, um, he did kill it. He he killed whatever the play call was, which I'm assuming was probably a quarterback sneak. But even so, I mean, even if they're stacked up in the middle um, at 240 pounds and 6'6", you got to like your chances of picking up yep. that first down. I mean, I don't think they failed to get a first down on a quarterback sneak yet with him. So um, I, I don't like killing it there. I'm not sure what he saw or why he killed it. Um, but in that situation, to run a jet sweep to Bandy uh, – I mean, the guy has hardly played all year, and now you're giving the ball on third and short in a key situation as the game is slipping away. Mm -hmm. I, I don't get that at all. Um, <clears throat> By the way, I really that's, think that's part of the issue of only having four healthy court, uh, wide receivers going into this game. When you don't have Mike Williams and you only and DeAndre Carter gets hurt, that's what happens. You don't have enough healthy bodies. But go ahead. Yep, absolutely. I I, I thought, and I said this in the Discord. I'm not sure if I sent it to you or not. Mm -mm. Um, but when they were up. I think they were up 24 to nothing. You mentioned it, the the pass that sailed over Keenan's head in the end zone on third mm -hmm. down. Um, that is where the game turned to me because if they score a touchdown there, they go up 31, uh, 31 to 7 at that point, I think. And now it's a whole different ballgame. Uh, and then you add on, if, if Dicker makes that kick in the fourth quarter 
it's just a completely different outlook. And there were a couple of drives there where I thought Herbert had opportunities to make plays in the red zone and just didn't come up with the plays. Didn't make a great throw, Mr. Reed, whatever it was, they missed a couple of opportunities. Um, and when, when you're in the playoffs and you've got a chance to step on somebody's throat by putting the ball in the end zone, you got to do it. You got to mm-hmm. find a way to do it. And when yep. Keenan Allen is wide open in the end zone, you can't miss that throw. No, you just can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love Herbert. Herbert's been amazing. Um, ever since he came here, but to be quite frank, that was not a good game. He looked Mm-mm. very uncomfortable early in the game. He was getting through his reads, which was good. Uh, but I thought, most of his passes had way too much heat on them early in the game. He was yanking throws. Um, you know, some of these throws were down at guy's knees in the red zone, no opportunity really to catch them. I don't know if he was trying to avoid interceptions, but it looked to me like he was just yanking throws. He just wasn't good. Um, mm-hmm. The offense wasn't all that great with him. He missed some opportunities, mm-hmm. which he's human. It's going to happen, but yeah. it was not a good look um, to only put up three points in that, in the second half of that game is a big problem. Huge. And I think the only the only real silver lining in all this is that that game's gonna get Joe Lavardi fired. It better. Oh I god, have, is it? I mean, you think about how they ran the offense in the second half, especially after um after Salier got hurt and they're trying to run horizontally, they're trying to run off tackle behind Foster Sorrell after Salier comes out of the game. Over and over and over again, every drive is second and 11, second and 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, it's just not a winning recipe. They, Especially they when were, they had success running it right. Yeah. I mean, run it right, run it downhill. If you, if you have to run it, run it mm-hmm. downhill. But what happened to getting the ball to uh, Gerald Everett in space uh, against the linebackers? Because mm-hmm. that was working. I think he had six catches for 108 yards at some point, and then he didn't catch the ball again. Um, they couldn't find a way to get the ball to Keenan. I, I really thought that Parm would play a bigger role in that game. I thought so too. Especially in the red zone. And they, you know, they tried to go to him once and then they just kind of forgot about him. Um, it just seemed like a very disjointed game plan. But for me, the downfall started on that missed throw to Keenan, and it kind of went from there. You could just kind of feel it. I even said it in the in the Discord at the time. I was like, man, I really hope that doesn't come back to bite them. Yeah. Because that that hurts. You I just think everybody know. was feeling it. Yeah, you miss you miss four points. You miss points like that. It's a big problem. Um, yep. uh, Joey, I'm I'm. You might have to consider trading Joey Bosa at this point. Oh wow, we're here, huh? He, I mean, people are in the chat saying it's not his fault, but it's his responsibility to keep control of his emotions. Mm-hmm. The first flag was not on him. That's on the official for chasing him down. Second flag is on him. But you can't lose your, your composure like that. And he did it twice. It wasn't an accident where his emotions got the best of him. He did yeah. it a second time so that everybody knew that he was pissed and he was going to get a flag for it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just, the whole second half was botched. The players didn't play well. You almost kind of wonder what was said in the locker room in the second half because they did not seem to have the same energy they had in the first half. They really didn't see. They really didn't seem to be focused on the game at all. It seemed like they thought it was over, and uh, the coaches. It just seemed like I don't know if they were responding to the coaches or what. But the the second half game plan was not good, and they really never got. They got stuck in the mud, and they really yep. never got out of it. No, the there half. was no second half second half adjustment from these guys. Absolutely not. No, and you know, I I don't know that I blame Joey Bosa for this loss. I think it was kind of a group effort here. Um, but I think, but I think anybody who's not inside or watched it as closely, maybe as we did, I think people are going to point to that penalty because that's directly would turn that game into a two point game instead of a three point game after that, uh, two point conversion. So, you know, I, 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 I really do think Herbert just kind of crumpled late in that second half. I think the defense got so soft in that second half. They were aggressive. They were breaking on everything in that first half. They weren't letting him get anything short. They were breaking on balls. It seemed every DB had a, a pass deflection that first half. Zont got three interceptions. Tranquil got an interception. Bosa got a tip pass. 
Sebastian Joseph Day got to pass on the same play. And, uh, you know, in the second half, they just dropped back into quarters and just kind of let her, let, uh, let Herbert, let Lawrence deal. And we had talked like, if you, if you drop back in zone and don't play man, and I know part of this has to do with Michael Davis, but if, if you're just going to drop back and let Lawrence deal, that's what he's going to do. He's going to pick you apart. He's got enough playmakers that can get open and they just let him dink and kind of dunk him to death. And then they were able to get him over the top with Marvin Jones later in that game. I, you know, I, I think Lombardi, uh, Lombardi needed to go a while ago. Um, I, I do hope that this helps him out the door quicker. Um, I'm, I am mixed on Staley. Uh, I've never been in on Telesco. So I don't know. Are you, I'm not, and I'm not trading Bosa at this point. I mean, I think, I think he's got, he's going to beat himself up this off season. He's going to need to, because he was just childish today and awful. Um, what do you, what do you think? Does Staley need to get fired? Um, that's a tough one. I don't think he did much to help the team in the second half, but I also think at least from a defensive standpoint, his hands were kind of tied. It's hard to stick with the blitz scheme and to stick with the press man. When you lose your only real press man corner. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you've got guys starting to blow coverages in the back end. You know, yeah. I, I'm not sure who that long touchdown was on. I don't know if it was on Gilman or if it was on Derwin. But yeah. somebody dropped Zay Jones in coverage, and uh, it was just embarrassing. Like You can't have that. So I think the thing for me is I, there, were some, there were some coaching decisions that I thought should have gone a different way. And it seemed to me like the game kind of managed Staley again instead of Staley mm -hmm. managing the game in some regards. Um, there was that fourth and two – um, right before Dicker missed the, the last uh, field goal attempt uh -huh. there where um, he's know, trying to turn a two score game into a two score game. Yeah. He's then it a two score game, a two score game. Yeah. Yep. It would have won it. Well, I, they would probably would have been going for touchdowns. So who knows? But anyway, go ahead. I mean, either way they need it. They, he put them in a position where whether they made the kick or not two touchdowns wins the game. So it didn't materially change the game. So, um, <clears throat> I thought they should have gone for it there challenging that catch by, I think it was <laughs> Marvin Jones or yeah. I don't forget who it was, but there was not enough time to get any kind of a look at that. So he, maybe he just wanted to call a timeout, but, um, uh, that was not a real good use of a timeout in a game that was mm -hmm. becoming very close. Um, you know, kind of looked there, like Asante Samuel jr. Almost convinced him of it. Cause he was so emphatic that it hit the ground that he was right yeah. there that I even thought it was incomplete, but then I thought, the replay, it was easy. I thought the replay, I thought Callahan might've knocked it loose, but I yeah. didn't think it was conclusive enough to be able to overturn it. Oh no. When you saw the, the replay, it was, it was definitely, it was a hundred percent a catch, but live Asante Samuel jr. Was waving his arm so emphatically that I, I thought it hit it because I saw Bryce Callahan's hand in, but then on the replay, it was easy, easy decision. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. So in terms of firing Staley, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm emotional right now. So <laughs> a big part of me wants to say yes. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, you, you blow a 27 point lead in the playoffs. Um, you probably deserve to get fired. I, I felt going into this game that Staley had coached really well down the stretch. I felt mm -hmm. that 
he had started to turn the culture around and that he made some big changes to the defense. And he was a big reason why they were, why they even made the playoffs um, because of the adjustments that he made, particularly with the defense down the stretch. Um, and I thought that was enough to earn him a third season. Uh, I am, I'm not going to get into playing players last week to in too much depth. I'll just say that, I agreed with the decision to play the starters. Um, and after going back and rewatching the game this morning, uh, I felt like I kind of understood why he left them in the game because I felt like he probably, I think he felt like he didn't see the kind of timing and rhythm and chemistry that he wanted to see with the offense. I know they put up two touchdowns early in that game, but Herbert missed some throws. There were some missed opportunities. I think they left some points on the board, and I think that's why he left them out there to try to get those reps and try to get that chemistry. And, you know, if you want to say, hey, they should have been out after the second touchdown, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to argue with you. I think mm -hmm. you could definitely make that a compelling argument. But I'm saying I understand why he thought that was important to leave them on the field. And honestly, you know, the hit, I, I've seen people criticizing the play call that got that Mike got hurt on. I no, mean, that was that, a routine hit. No, that it was, was – it was just, it was an innocuous hit. He just must've just caught him just right. Or maybe there was already something there that they weren't aware of. I don't know, but it, it wasn't the play call. It was, there wasn't anything dirty about the play. There wasn't anything out of line. It was just a fluke thing that honestly could have happened at any time. And it kind of makes me wonder if he might've already been a little banged up and maybe it might've happened tonight if he'd gotten hit like that, who knows? But I don't think you fire him necessarily over that decision. Um, I, I completely disagree with people that have been saying that he lied to them and he lied to the fans and he, he used Mike Williams basically as a prop to keep himself from getting uh, criticized for playing players um, in week 18. I completely disagree with all that stuff in a big way. Um, but I think the way that this game was coached, particularly in the second half is problematic because uh, mm -hmm. I think he let the game manage him. Yep. He didn't grab a hold of Lombardi they didn't really try to move the ball. It seemed like they were starting in the third quarter. They were really in bleed the clock mode. Um, mm -hmm. There was really no urgency in trying to score more points down the stretch. No. So uh -uh. Um, until they had to, and by yeah. then it was too late. So I think that is a big problem. And that is something that's going to have to be discussed and analyzed because you just can't have that kind of a blown lead in the playoffs. You can't blow a 27 point lead in the playoffs. You couldn't ask for a better first half. I mean, everything fell their way. I mean, if you sit in the if you if you sit in the locker room or in the film room and you're laying out a game plan and you're watching film and you're looking, well, this is you know this is we're going to do this and this is how this is how Lawrence is going to react and we're going to have a chance to make a pick here and you know we're going to play bump and run and we're going to close down the windows and we're going to force him to make tight throws. I mean, everything went their way. The, I mean, the only complaint is leaving points on the board. They had two touchdown drives that started with um, short fields that wound up in field goals. That's a little problematic. Mm -hmm. um, but everything went their way. They had a huge lead, and they could not they they couldn't handle it. They couldn't manage the lead, no. and the game managed them. And I think, at the very least, Lombardi has to go. Um, I think firing Staley might be a bit of an overreaction, but it's really it's it's hard to defend keeping him yeah. after what happened in it's, the second half. It's really hard to defend. I'm like so on the fence here. Cause if, if we get off this stream and we've, well, they're not going to fire him this early, but we're on Monday morning. We find out that Brandon Staley's fired. I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not jumping to defend Staley. I mean, I just think, like, like we've talked about, I think the end, the way he brought this team in, and the way they won towards the end of the season, and I and I get it, they they beat some bad teams, but also there was a stretch there where they had to beat the Dolphins in Tennessee, who were still pretty good teams and in playoff contention. And we thought it was going to be a hard trek, and we thought they'd be one one, maybe even zero and two at that point. But they swept it. They get the fifth seed in a season where they were just decimated by injuries across the board. They were one of the most injured teams in the NFL, and they ended up getting the fifth seed. So before this game. I thought there was a 0% chance they were going to fire him. If they would have lost this game, I still wouldn't have thought it was a chance. But the way in which they lost this game, 
I don't know, man. I am, I am straddling the fence. I just, I don't, I don't know, but what, but the problem. So I think Lombardi's got to go. Um, I, I, I feel bad, but I think Ronaldo Hill probably end up going and they maybe bring in a veteran defensive coordinator that might help uh, Staley. That might make me feel a little bit better, but where, where do you go from here? Because if you, if your whole all in was we're getting to the playoffs, I got my team. We got some veteran experience. Now we're going to take it to the playoffs. You get to the playoffs and then you end up losing in that fashion in the second half. What player is on board going into next season? I mean, does anybody trust them? Any of the current any of the current players that return next year, do you trust Staley to bring you to the playoffs and flip the script? Or in the back of the year mind, is it uh they might just we might just choke again? I I, I don't know. I, I think the confidence right now, and we're talking minutes after the game ended, but I just don't know how you have the confidence in a coach, a head coach who lets something like that happen. Because if you go into, if you have a 27 point lead, you had five turnovers in the first half, four interceptions, a fumble recovery on a muffed punt. You forced three punts and you give up seven points when you shouldn't, but you ended up giving seven points and you're up 20 points at halftime in the playoffs this is when it matters most. All the great stretch towards the end of the season's good for his resume, but that doesn't matter. The playoffs is when it really matters. And he was now a historically bad coached game because they lost on that 20 point 27 point lead. I just I it's hard to it's hard to justify and I you know if they fire him then I I'm I'm okay with it. Block that guy who said to bring in car. Get him out of here. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, I think at this point, like I said, it'd be really hard to argue against getting rid of Staley at this point. I, I, I thought he had earned a second a third year with his with him with the way he, he coached down the stretch. And look, the second half of this game was terrible. And that's on coaches and that's on players for not executing in spots, but it was brutal. But that first half, the first half of that playoff game was brilliant, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it was the best half of his career. It seemed like the Chargers players knew what was coming before the Jaguars called their plays. I mean, they were, they, they had five interceptions. I think they broke up, or four interceptions, excuse me. I think they broke up four or five more passes in that half. Uh, they were airtight in coverage, had, opportunities to make other plays. They were making their tackles. They were stopping the run for the most part. It was, they had, they had the Jaguars right where they wanted him. And it was because of the defensive game plan that Brandon Staley put together for the first half. Now, like I said, that changes when Michael Davis comes out, you can't do the things that you want to do coverage wise. When you lose a six to 210 pound corner, you just can't do it. Like you have to, you have to be able to adjust, but to be giving them, eight and 10 yard cushions on every play and just sitting back. And I guess basically hoping they make a mistake. Yeah. Hoping they drop a pass, hoping there's a penalty, something to help you out. I mean, you're, you're giving them first downs. You're giving them points at that point. So this is what we were getting on Mike McCoy about. It was like, he was playing not to lose the entire second half. Yeah. And my concern was, you know, they were ultra aggressive down the stretch for the most part without Derwin. They simplified things. They were really aggressive. They were playing press man coverage and they were challenging wide receivers to beat them down the field and they were getting away with it. Derwin came back and things got complicated again. Things got complicated. You started seeing more soft zones, taking some of the aggressiveness out of the athletes. And I think that's what you saw tonight. And some of that is because Davis came out of the game. Uh, but I, I wonder how much of it was just because Derwin was back and, that's just the way Staley wants to play. So, man, <laughs> this is tough. This is the, I, we almost didn't do this. I'm surprised we're doing it, but yeah, I mean, uh, oh, this is, this is so tough and I feel so bad for, 
guys like Asante Samuel Jr. and Gerald Everett, who had his best game as a Charger, Austin Eckler, and all these guys who had a, a really, really good game. And it's just overshadowed by this just terrible loss. The confidence was just sucked out of this team and they they just collapsed in the second half. I you know, I, I don't know what else there is to say about this game. They were ultimately let down by their stars. Herbert didn't play well. Bosa melted down. Keenan wasn't really all that involved, which I'm not sure how much of that is on him versus how much of that is on the game plan, or mm -hmm. maybe the Jaguars just defended him really well. I mean, it's obviously easier to defend him with Mike not on the field. Um, you know, it seemed like they had opportunities to make some plays with Palmer, but they couldn't get the ball to him consistently. They got away from Parham. I mean, there were opportunities to move the ball and score points. They just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Even without Mike Williams and without DeAndre Carter, they had the talent on the field to go and score, and they just could not get it going. So let's just say hypothetically, let's say Monday morning the Chargers fire Brand Staley. Mm -hmm. Who would you hire as the next Chargers head coach? Ooh, man, I want to do a deep dive on that. But – um off the top of my head, um, I, I'm not on the Sean Payton train, which I know the the chat and Chargers Twitter is, but um, I really like the 49ers coordinator, D'Amico Ryans. Mm -hmm. I know he's a defensive mind, and we're going defense again, but I like him a lot. I think he's a really good coach. Do you have, do you have a name in mind? Well, I have two suggestions. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back to somebody that I named during the process when they hired Staley. Uh, and they can't do be... Dable. We already said it. We, no, we, not Dable. We, he's already Jim Harbaugh. Yes. I would hire Jim Harbaugh. If they're looking to hire, you know, a big name experienced head coach, I would hire Harbaugh because he's going to bring good assistance with him. He's going to put together a really good defense. And he has won with all levels of quarterback play, and he has developed all different types of quarterbacks. He played a role in developing Alex Smith. He played a role in developing Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. um, he just had two, uh, two outstanding years in college football. I think for me, I think Harbaugh is a culture changer. I think he keeps guys honest, um, keeps guys in line. And I think he'll bring in. I think he'll bring in the assistance that he needs to be successful and put everybody in a position to succeed. The only downfall with him is that if you bring him in, he's probably only going to be here for four or five years, whether he succeeds or not, because he's going to burn bridges and he's going to piss people off and they're going to have to replace him. So I think mm -hmm. if you hire him, you hire him and you force him to hire whoever you replace him with. You find a really hot up and coming young assistant, whether it's an offensive coordinator or whatever, and and have them come in as his assistant. So, do you think the uh, I'm 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 on board, but do you see um, do you see that uh, Dean Spanos gives Harbaugh the leeway because he's going to want control. Harbaugh's going to want a lot of control if he's going to be coaching in the NFL again. Are you? Do you think they'll give that to him? Because I don't. I don't see that happening. I know you're talking about you personally, but just I'm on talking a side about me. Note, I know. I know. On a side note, do you think Dean would? Do I think they would hire him? No, probably not. But I would. Yeah. This is what I want. I, <laughs> I hear you. And what's number two? <laughs> Frank Reich. Hmm. Frank Reich yeah. would be number two. I think he'd be awesome for Herbert. He'd put him in a position to succeed. Um, and I think we just get a whole different offense that would be geared towards what Justin does well. Um, but that's my, that those are my suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. We're well, uh, it would be exciting to do a uh, coach's podcast. So I love those. Doing our top those are five. always fun. We always yeah. get dig up lots of good information on those guys on, yeah. on coach candidates. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, but Staley was one of our guys, so 
I, I mean, I don't think they're going to fire Staley. I, I, I don't, don't think it's it's in their either. their DNA to fire somebody after two years. Mm-hmm. They're not going to want to pay him and pay somebody else, particularly somebody like Sean Payton. I, I know people want to go out and get Payton. They're not going to hire Payton. No, not how they would you? Play. Okay, so if they did, ha- would you? If he was actually an option, would you like Sean Payton just as a head coach? You know, I think. I think he would, I mean, he's, he's an excellent head coach. Um, I think, I believe he, he would design the right offense for Herbert. Everything that I've heard and read about him is that he, he makes adjustments. He fight, he's good at finding things that work and he sticks to things that work and then he adds on to them. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he was a realistic option, I mean, shit, get rid of, get rid of Tom Telesco, have, yeah. Peyton come in as the coach and GM, give him full authority over the players, let him steamroll John John Spanos and try to try to make a run for the next two or three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I you know, I'm not on board with Peyton. And the only reason I'm not on board is I just don't know that he's got a forward thinking enough game plan offensively, because I think he'd probably want to be offensive coordinator for uh, Herbert. I just feel like his offense got stale towards the end of his tenure in New Orleans. It just didn't work. I know Breeze was getting old, but I just, I don't know. I feel like it, it's in the same like Lombardi type vein. I, I'm not I disagree. With- I totally disagree. I think if you look, I think if you go back and you look at the Saints offense when they first got Breeze and then you look, you watch it over the years, I think what you find is that that offense changed as Breeze's skills diminished and they, they tried to do what they could to put Breeze in a position to succeed with his limited skill set as he got older. Because he was having shoulder issues, he was having back issues, he was a mess physically. Um, and I think they were trying to take the pressure off him and make things easy on him. But early on, I mean, he was throwing for over five thousand yards and forty to fifty well, touchdowns. It seems like every week, every year. That's early on yeah. for sure. He yeah. was, you know, three to four hundred yards and four to five touchdowns. It seemed like every week. Yeah. So, I, yeah. No, yeah, I guess yeah, we did we disagree on that. I just don't I don't think he's up to date. Well, um so, uh, we'll get, we'll get to a question. We haven't got to any of your guys' questions. What's the plan for the off season for the pod? It well, I mean if coordinators get fired or uh, hopefully fingers crossed Lombardi gets fired or Ronaldo Hill or Telesco or Staley, we'll be doing a a podcast talking about what kind of coordinators we want on this team of coaches and GMs. If none of that happens, we will be moving on to the draft. And if you haven't uh, been with us, uh, we do real in-depth draft analysis. We do uh, player profiles. We do draft grades. We have our own uh, draft book. What do we call that? A draft not kit. I almost said draft kit draft guide uh, draft guide uh, where we uh, grade all of our players and we release that. We've got that all on uh, Patreon if you want to be a part of that, but that's what we're going to be doing. I mean, um, it, outside of any coaching changes, we'll be doing the draft coming up and we'll be talking about who we think the Chargers will be drafting. And we're going to go in depth every, basically every position group and you'll have podcasts from here on out, probably twice a month. Uh, as we watch these college games, cause now the chargers uh, draft pick is pretty much locked in now. So uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be the, the off season. So come and join us and join the Patreon. If you're not already the discords, uh, we, I haven't been on it. I'm sure it's on fire right now. Um, and it'll be like in ashes when we, uh, when we, <laughs> when we get over there tomorrow, but uh, it's, for the most part, a fun place uh, <laughs> with a lot of fun people, but it's probably not real fun right now. <laughs> generally, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and you can almost uh, understand why with that kind of loss. But yeah, anything anything else I'm missing for the off season? I mean, we'll have a lot of stuff for sure. No, we do our individual position breakdowns. If there is a coaching change, at, like you said, at the coordinator level or at the head coach level, we'll cover that. Um, I'm I'm almost certain there's going to be a at least one coordinator change. Yeah. 
there should definitely be an offensive coordinator change. And I mean, they can fire Hill. I don't think it changes anything, but they can fire him to make themselves feel better. Um, and I, I don't know if they'll do it, but in my opinion, it's time to get rid of Tom Telesco. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, it's past time to get rid of Tom Telesco, but too, after this yeah. season, you know, when you start to see the lack of depth show up, when you see roster mismanagement issues, like only carrying four active wide receivers, all those kinds of things. Um, I think it's time. Mm-hmm. It sure is. It's definitely time. Uh, he should have been fired years and years ago. Um, boy, we're starting to wrap up here. So if you guys have any questions, I think we'll just uh, go off your questions from here on out. Um, thank you for all the kind words, guys. I, I, I appreciate you guys uh, jumping in here with us. I hope it's been uh, a uh, therapeutic experience. I feel like it's a little cathartic just getting it all out and uh, talking about it. I don't, I don't know what else we can do in terms of breaking down the game because what can you do? Um, but send us any other questions and we will, uh, we will get to that. Um, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of head coaching uh, questions. Bruce Arians, Jamie. Isn't he like recovering from cancer or something like that? He's he's sick, but I uh, I think I recently heard him say he misses being on the field, so he might be out looking for a job. I I just don't know that. I think he's a really short term answer. I think he's in his late sixties or early seventies. Oh, yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't I don't think he's a viable option because I don't think he's going to stick around for very long, and I I think he's another one who kind of burns bright for a real short period of time and wears on everybody. So I, I'm not sure that, that, uh, that that's an option. Okay. Uh, we're already on the draft. Uh, well, I mean, it's going to depend on who's on the board, obviously. And we haven't and the off season free agency. and the off season and everything. Oh, that's we what we're doing too. We do free agents. Uh, oh yes. Our, our top free agent, uh, picks, pickups. We do top five at each uh, position that they need. And uh, yeah, that's, that's also a really fun one, but uh, just today. Positions they need in the draft. I would say, yeah. um, let's see. Slater's going to come back. They'll probably move Salier to left guard. I think they'll cut Filer. The offensive line is pretty much taken care of unless they want to draft a right tackle. Um, they need an edge for sure. They're probably going to another, need another corner. Uh, they might need to take a safety for another year. They absolutely need a, another, a speed wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. At least one. They might Here need to double go. dip there. Cheers. Five years in a row, Jimmy. Speed wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say the biggest needs probably in the first round, unless they're looking to really sink more capital into the offensive line and they decide not to re-sign Pipkins, I would say the biggest needs, the the most likely first-round picks, first-round positions would be edge, corner, wide receiver. They definitely need a tight end, but I don't know that, there's a that they're going to get somebody in the first round who's going to be worth it. They might need to do that a little bit later unless something unexpected happens. Uh, and again, I haven't looked, uh, I've, I've watched wide receivers for the draft. I haven't watched any other positions, so mm. I don't, I don't know specifically who I target, but those are the positions I would look at, I think. And, and they're probably going to be looking to draft a linebacker too. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of spots. If you had to pick one, one position today that they got to go in the first round. It'd be a, a draw for me between edge and wide receiver. I think. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say be, I'd, I'd, I'd be leaning towards getting Herbert more weapons. Mm -hmm. So I'd probably lean towards a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I think wide receiver is it. Uh, and I know center is on there. I get it. Um, yeah. Hiring a new GM that uh, values speed is, would be a, a good thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, yeah, there's a lot going on here. Um, 
Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, where'd that go? If you got one, hit it. Jason, who promised you three Super Bowls? I know we didn't promise you that crap. <laughs> who promised you that? Yeah. Oh, I want to know so we can chase him off. Oh, I know who he's talking about. Yeah, I think I know who he's talking I about. I forgot. Too. Never mind. <laughs> it just hit me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, okay, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it. Um, I really appreciate you guys coming on here. This has been a really fun season. I know this was uh, as bad of a loss as you could possibly have it. And um, I thank Jamie for uh, making sure that we did this and got it out of the way. And I know it helps some people. So I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate you guys tuning in because I know a lot of people just want to get out and do something else. But um, we appreciate you guys. Uh, this whole season's been amazing uh, from uh, the love we've got on Patreon and Discord and on Twitter and on these uh, have grown, you know, we, we've been, our, our bread and butter is the audio podcast, but these uh, video podcasts have really been fun that we started and uh, things have really uh, picked up here. So we appreciate all you guys subscribing and joining us and uh, getting with us during this uh, after hours venture that we started. And we uh, will have a lot of big things planned for the off season. I'm sure we'll have some big fun harebrained ideas for the off season, maybe some interviews, lots of free agent and draft talk. And, and I'm sure we'll have some inside stuff too, but for now we appreciate you. Enjoy your time off. Uh, I would take a football sabbatical if I were you, I know I will be, Me but too. Uh, after this game, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we really do appreciate you guys uh, wholeheartedly. We really do. Yes, we do. Thank you, everybody, for all the support. Um, I know these these types of shows aren't easy to come to, and we appreciate everybody coming here to share in our misery. Um, yep. Hopefully, everybody enjoys a couple weeks off. Mm-hmm. puts puts this behind them somehow, probably with a lot of alcohol. And yeah, um, <laughs> I am. That's what I'm starting. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll put out our off season schedule here pretty soon once we figure out what it is, and we'll we'll yeah. probably start. Um, in the next few weeks, I would think probably sometime in February. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have to, so there'll be a schedule posted soon. We'll still, we'll be doing these live shows. Um, but thanks again, guys. Um, it's been, it's been a real pleasure being with you guys and, uh, we will see you next time. Thanks everybody. Thanks.